walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, in this art he is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. Ooh. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast. I am your host, the hardest part of the ring, Heilbird. How is everybody doing? on this lovely lovely bump day hope everybody's doing well hope everybody's got their tea and their crumpets and other other british things what are other brit i think those are like the hack go-to things um hope everybody's got english breakfast in front of what is it, the beans and the eggs what what is this bullshit that you people are doing over there let me make sure i have this right let me do my english breakfast if uh god hideous bro beans bean what the hell is this black pudding the fuck is that mushrooms suck my ass Goddamn Brits. Oh, you all suck. God, that made that made me sad just looking at that. Is that what you guys eat all the time? Fuck me, man. Well, anyways, who's excited for some British wrestling? Huh? Progress. Chapter 33. Uh, oh, it's like I turned for like I, I, I just turned my body a little bit and it hurt. What was I saying? Progress Wrestling, Chapter 33. Coming to ya from the Camden Ballroom. Electric Ballroom? Electric Boogaloo? I don't know. Uh, we're in London here, and we're in for some good wrestling here. Although, are we? But, but are we, though, is the question that I pose to you and that I pose to my guest uh, throughout the episode. I think the episode will speak for itself. But I think this is in this chapter and the discussion that we have uh, recapping it. I think it's a very interesting discussion on WWE's impact on the British wrestling scene. Yes, it's two Americans talking about it, but I think there's some good topics because we have a major cameo at the beginning of the show. And I think that kind of affects everything that happens on this show because I'm just going to lay this out on the front on the like right, right, right up front. Right. Not my favorite chapter from progress. Not a bad chapter, but there is some head scratching stuff here. Um, but like I said, we get into it. I mean, to recap where we're at in progress, by the way, if you want to 
You want to get fully caught up on all the lore and all the hullabaloo, all the characters, all the evolutions of different characters and championships and rivalries and great matches. Some of the best matches I've ever seen have occurred in these first 33 chapters in progress. Go to apronbump.com, go to the episodes tab, select progress wrestling, and that'll bring you to all of the progress wrestling chapters that I've covered in chronological order, of course, starting from one all the way here to to, to, uh, chapter 33. So like 2012, I believe they started and we're here in the uh, summer approaching the fall of 2016. So we're we're ramping up to get into a really major uh, era for British wrestling. So get caught up now so that you're on the train for uh, when we get into some really, really good stuff. We got the Brixton show, which is chapter 36, which is occurring from the O2 arena. So that's their major show. This is, this is from what I, from where I sit and me, I'm, you know, I'm watching, I'm watching all these in real time. So I'm not really sure how things pan out. But they're building this Brixton show like their WrestleMania. And this show here, it's definitely where we're seeing a lot of the seeds getting planted for that show. And uh, just in general building to that major, major event. So, oh, and like I was saying, to recap, where we left off at Chapter 32, Pastor William Ever cashed in his title shot on Marty Skrull to capture the Progress Championship. A, a wild moment, crazy moment. But on this chapter, we get the rematch, a proper match. Pastor defending his title against Marty, the villain here. So we have that in the main event. We got some origin members having singles matches on this show. We got uh, a, a waste man challenge. We got New Zealand people being sleazy. We got miss. We got people putting condoms on their hands. We got cruiserweight classic competitors wrestling. We got Will Ospreay making his return to progress to face off against Mark Haskins. Spoiler alert. Twas a lovely, lovely grappling contest. Um, hey, we got the Viking. <laughs> the Viking Raiders are here. Eric and Ivar are in the ballroom here facing off against the London riots for the tag team shields. Lots going on here. And and I can't wait to get into it with my guest, Matt from the pro wrestling podcast with Matt and friends, Matt returning to the show. Always a good time with my boy, Matthew. Check out his podcast on YouTube. He interviews wrestlers from all over the world. Tons of variety. I know he's got Rhett Titus coming up, who is a, a major landmark wrestler and Ring of Honor, among other, among other people. He's he's interviewed so many people. He has a great show. He's a very entertaining guy, as you'll see on this episode coming up here. But go follow Matt, all of his social medias and all of his stuff in the in the description below. Give his YouTube channel a subscribe ski. Give him a like, a tickle on the nipple, all that stuff. Do the same for me at Apron Bump on all the social medias. And yeah. This is his first time watching progress, so it's cool to get, you know, somebody else's eyes and get what their perspective is, because I like to have people that are experts on progress. But I also like bringing people who are kind of, like I said, fresh eyes to give their perspective to uh, maybe spot things that I haven't spotted out. And we get into we, we get into all this stuff. Why am I rambling still? Let's get into the episode. Progress Wrestling Chapter 33. 
with myself and Matt from a pro wrestling podcast with Matt and friends. Look at you. Look at you. Got pineapple action going. Oh, hell yeah, dude. It's a little fucking fruity, dude. I like it. You know? Why are, uh, I mean, some of the pineapples are upside down. You know what that means, right? No. What does that mean? It means you love pineapples up your ass. No, it's, um. Woohoo! How'd you know, dude? That's my Saturday <laughs> thing. <laughs> That's uh, apparently, I mean, I've never seen this in person, but apparently swingers will be at a grocery store and they'll like put the pineapple upside down and that means they're down to swing. Oh. Shit. So, okay. So I don't know if that's like a message you're trying to get across to me or what. I mean, uh, I don't know if I'm a swinger because I'm not married. You know what I'm saying? Do you have to be married to be a? So I guess you do, huh? Yeah. Depends what you classify a swinger as. Well, are you classifying it as somebody that goes both ways or somebody that has a open relationship? Because <laughs> I'm I not mean, the first one at all. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll wear pink, but that doesn't significant. Don't knock you know? it till you try it. Matthew. Hey, hey, you know. <laughs> I'll try not to, bro. Nothing wrong with the pineapple up your ass. But speaking of which. I got no Speaking of, well, I mean, there's at least one match that's kind of on on brand, but uh, brother, yeah, that's fair. Chapter thirty three. What'd you make oh. of it, man? I guess first of all, first question: Have you ever watched Progress before? No, I was very impressed. Yeah. So the only so what got me into knowing a lot of these guys was when What Culture Pro Wrestling started their own organization. years ago through youtube so i started knowing these guys you know like i started knowing um you know people who are wrestling in new japan right now i got you know guys who wrestle all over the world and you know you know Mm -hmm. fucking you know progress or icw and shit like that like it started opening this world up to english wrestling for me you know so and then they changed it to defiant so like half most of these guys i knew who they were did you, you watch know. NXT UK when it was on? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah pretty know, much so. everybody on this show is either like, because this is like a peak era of British wrestling. Oh, yeah. So a lot of the people that are on this show went on to bigger and better things. And some didn't, yeah. but mo- most of them did. So it's it's a it's a good time oh. to jump in cold because, I mean, most of these people are, are huge stars or at least were before you know, 2020. Oh, yeah. No. And we'll definitely talk about what the match of the night was for me when we get there. But, man, the whole card, I mean, I was just very impressed. Very impressed. I didn't skip through any shit. Like, I was like, dude, this is fucking amazing. You know? Yeah. I loved it. Loved it. No, it was a great show. I mean, progress. Like I said, it's you don't get a lot of misses from progress in this era. I will say, though, like, as somebody who's been watching all these shows, the matches felt a little slower than they typically do. And this is a question I kind of want to pose to you because you interview wrestlers. You interview indie wrestlers from all over the world pretty much. And I want to know if you have any insight on this. So first of all, the show opens, they do the whole shtick in the beginning where Jim Smallman, you know, introduces the show and whatever. And he brings out William Regal, who uh, context for people is 2016. So he's at NXT. It's he's they're revving and going there. So William Regal's here to kind of just watch the show and assumingly to scout people for whatever the hell. Right. Because we're, Approaching NXT UK, so I'm sure he's doing some scouting or whatever. Yep. 
Do you think the presence of William Regal, or I guess in general, just any star from the WWE or whatever, do you think that can have an influence on the show in terms of like the style that people wrestle? And oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, because here, here's the thing, right? You watch all these other companies like AEW, like Impact. You know, they have more of a you know faster pace in the ring. You know, where yeah. when you got a guy like William Regal who's scouting for the WWE. You know what the WWE's pace is. It's not going to be fast paced. It's going to be right. slow. It's going to be, you know, they're going to put on a fun match, but they're going to do it where, you know, they do headlocks or little arm bridges. You know what I'm saying? Like, so there, there's these moments this... of like, like rest holds, quote unquote. There's a lot more right, of that right. here than typically you would see at a progress show. That's why I right. brought it up. And I think that's where it was is because Regal was there and I think they knew that and they knew, hey, we got to put these matches you know, because we got somebody here that's going to be scouting, you yeah, know, yeah. And, and I think that's how it was. And I didn't put two and two together until you just said that now. But the reason I love the show so much is I think because it brought that slow style out yeah. and I'm a bigger fan of the slow style on a more regular basis. You could bring a fast paced match out, you know, on the card 100%. But when mm-hmm. every match is like that, it loses its focus, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, 100%. And I think what a big thing has to be is you have to have those slower matches to build up to that fast paced match to build up to a fantastic main event. And we had some slower paced matches in this card and they were fantastic. Like everything, like how it was built together, this entire show. Perfect. Yeah, no, for sure. And yeah, I I definitely agree. The slower pace definitely has its place, especially in the context of a show like overall. Um, it was just interesting because I've, I've watched ROH shows too, where that yeah. all happened. Like there was one show in early 2003 where Dusty Rhodes was on the card, which was just crazy to say. Um, but I remember watching, yeah, 2003. He was, it was, it was like a, like an eight man, 10 man, hardcore street fight. It was kind of a schmozzy deal. I forget. I could, I could point you to the show if you, if you want to watch it. It's uh, oh for sure. It's a sight to see, but no, I noticed on that show, like all of the matches felt more like quote unquote WWE style. So I feel like that's just a running theme that because, you, you know, these guys are backstage talking to these guys individually. Like oh, you call you all oh. slow it down, mate. Your will 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 all spray. You, no, no more. No, not so many flips, mate. You know what I'm saying, mate? You know? Yeah, because Will, will Ospreay didn't be like Will Ospreay in that match at all. Like, dude, yeah, he was slower for sure. But dude, oh, man. And we're going to get to that match because that match to me, was match of the night. Yes, I would agree. Probably, <laughs> I yeah. loved it. But, you know, when we get there, we'll definitely talk about it because, man, I I was on the edge of my seat that entire match because it was perfect. And, oh, it and, was great shit. You know, and we'll definitely get there. But, yeah, this whole show, man, was just fantastic. You know, from start to finish, you know, great, yeah. great chemistry between, you know, whoever was fighting whoever and just all of a, you know, hell of a good card, you know, so many cool names in there that have been around the wrestling business for a while now. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was an awesome card. That's why when like you did that whole, you know, all right, we'll choose out of the show here. I looked at the cards of their shows and I seen the progress lineup line up and I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Perfect no, choice yes. because it was fantastic. And I no, think yes. what really sold me on picking this card was Mark Andrews. I'm a big Mark Andrews fan. Yeah. Love the dude. I think he's fantastic. I think he's very underrated. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited to get into the show, man, because it was it was fantastic. Yeah, we're, Mark Andrews has got some momentum going, and we'll talk more like when, he, when we get to his match. But he just 
had one of the, probably the best progress match of all time at chapter 30 against Chris Hero, which if you've not yep. seen that match, I would definitely recommend you go go watch that one. Um, but before that, we got a old tag team match <laughs> to open the show. We got the Dunn brothers taking on Mustache Mountain. So we got all of uh, British strong style. Should we, should we curl our mustaches while we talk? You about know, this? I've like tried to grow that type of mustache before, and it just it's annoying. To, it gets in your mouth, and you gotta yep gel. I don't know if you've ever uh, experimented with that. I mean, I know oh, you're, I'm you're chowing into experimenting. So. I'm chowing down on my mustache all the time, dude. Like it just curls into my mouth. It doesn't curl out. It's like. Hey, dude, eat me. You know? <laughs> like, hey, dude, eat me. He yeah. says. <laughs> Quote that shit. <laughs> uh, that's not. I'm going to save that clip and I'm going to use it whenever uh, a moment seems fit. <laughs> but uh, the Dunn brothers, which uh, is a team of guys who happen to have the last name Dunn. That's why they're a team. Uh, and then obviously you got Trent Seven, Tyler Bate, Mustache Mountain. Um, Big tag team in NXT UK and elsewhere. We'll, we'll talk about this finish, but because uh, I, I did not see this coming at all. But oh, neither did I. Match itself, because <laughs> the Dunn brothers, they, they've they been having tension, you know, in the chapters leading up to this. Just no team cohesion, miscommunications, but they're still teaming together because they have the same last name, I guess is yep. why. Um, they're sho- even like shoving each, o- each other on stage, like walking to the ring. Pete Dunn, by the way, has the worst fucking haircut at this point that I've ever seen in my life. Thoughts? <laughs> it was, I-, I feel like at that point is when he finally realized like some changes need to be made. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah, dude, it was, yeah, no, I, I agree. It was terrible. Like, How would you describe I it? I don't even know, like, if I went to a barber and wanted this haircut, I don't know what I would tell him. It's not a it's not a bowl cut. I don't know what it's like a hanging bowl cut almost. It's like uh, it's like Billy Gunn from 2003. Whatever the hell that was. I don't know if you remember. It was like a pretty pretty immediately because I think like a rounded mullet almost. It's like uh, it's it's not good. It's It's like a bowl cut in the back, you know? Yes. Yes. There we go. I like it. It's like it's not on the top of your head, but it's like, hey, let's go back a little bit. Yeah, the bowl's falling off down here. Yes, right. yes. A yarmulke. A yarmulke bowl cut. Is is Pete Dunn Jewish? These are the questions we need to ask. Maybe I shouldn't I be so. so. Uh, I think I think we have to find out, and I think that's a tweet that we have to ask. Pete Dunn, are you Jewish? They butch. Hanukkah or Christmas is what we need to ask him. Is what Hanukkah, we ask. mate. Hanukkah. Right. Um, but I should probably keep my Australian or British accent out away because it's not. not <laughs> I was about to say, I don't know what that was. <laughs> not that mine's any better. It, yeah, no, a little bit better, you know. But no, match was great. I mean, yeah. obviously, you have Mustache Mountain, who you know have had chemistry together for a very long time. You know, you you have Tyler Bate, who's been Trent Trent Seven's protege pretty much beginning of his career out the womb. You know, very similar styles, very similar looks. You know, both have the fantastic mustaches, mm. obviously. Um, you know, Pete Dunn, obviously, we all know what he's capable of. But here's the thing. Damian Dunn, Deputy Dunn, whatever you want to call him, doesn't get the recognition he deserves as a pro wrestler. So you know and him that, as Deputy Dunn, huh? I know him as both. Okay. 
I like yep. it. But, you know, I uh, he was actually the first one out of all four of them that I, I found out about. So, oh, really? yes. So I heard about Mustache Mountain um, pretty much right when they started with NXT UK. Right. I didn't know who they really were until then because none of them were really with Defiant Wrestling or um, WCPW, you know, when I started watching that. And I didn't really have, you know, the luxury of finding where progress was or ICW wasn't on WWE's programming, you know, so I couldn't really watch them, um, unfortunately, which really sucked. But Deputy Dunn, you know, familiar with 100%, you know, and, and seeing him and Pete Dunn working together, you know, and I would I, I want to go back and watch a lot of their matches because they seem like what they had in the past was really fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, but the chemistry in this match, I mean, just so incredible. You had a loser weight chant during this match, too. Which is you very know? rude, I think. It, and I think if I was a pro wrestler, you know, you have the bruiser weight Pete Dunn. I would be the overweight <laughs> Matt Cos. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like it. I like I it. Think I if I on. got on the ring, they would just be chanting overweight over. And I think that'd that's be fantastic. Something. You know, I think that'd yeah. be a start of something new. That should be maybe even like a championship. Like you have the cruiserweight championship, then the overweight championship. Change the open weight to overweight. And we right. got a new goal. You know? <laughs> just put it on. Uh, who is the, the Chinese guy from the greatest Royal Rumble? Uh, Baba, not Baba Tunde. Well, whatever, you know, I got to look it up. It's going to piss me off. I it think was the guy right. Chinese. I think he's Chinese. Uh, is greatest. it Boa? No, he's the big Yokozuna looking guy. Because I think. Oh, uh, I know who you're talking about, but I can't think of his name. Oh, cocksucker. Maybe he's not Chinese. Hold on. Hold Japanese. on. Uh, Yokozuna. I type that in. We're cooking. <laughs> We're cooking. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Yokozuna-esque type wrestler. <laughs> Hiroki Sumi. Hiroki Sumi, make him the open weight champion in New Japan and just just gradually over time, just change it to the overweight champ. Is he Chinese? I think he's Chinese. He might yeah, not be I Chinese. Think so. no, I think he's Japanese. Japanese. Dude, I don't know, dude. He might all be I, Samoan all for I all I know is his eyes look like he was high the entire time. Well, that's a bit insensitive, Matthew. You know, that's OK. I mean, it's it's, it's you, all about the angle, you know. Listen, have we been a part of the show twice already? I mean, I right. say stupid shit. You know, it just happens. Do you I know? look Asian in the eyes? Tell me, be honest. I don't know. I'm about to because I took an edible before the show, so <laughs> my eyes are about to be squinty as fuck in about five seconds. <laughs> I have an edible on my desk right now that I'm scared to take because of my awful experience that I had uh, not too long ago. But otherwise, I would have joined you. But. Hey, you know what, dude? Hawaiian shirts and edibles. Just throw that shit in. You're good. Oh, <laughs> oh it's the shirt. It's because I wasn't wearing a Hawaiian shirt before is why I felt like I was yeah, falling yeah, off yeah, the yeah, earth. Yeah. I see. Because now if you're wearing a Hawaiian shirt, you're chilling. You know what I'm right. saying? Like that's... Ch- Hawaiian shirt. shirts in January is, is the move, I think. Oh, yeah, I dude. Think. I just I went outside before we started. Uh, I had to run in my car and I was like. Yeah, dude, people are probably watching me like, why the fuck is this dude wearing a Hawaiian <laughs> shirt in the winter? Look at this asshole. In Indiana, too, right? Like, that's mm. the worst combination of all time, you know? Yeah, can't, can't but, trust those Indians. Yep. Oh, yeah. But not <laughs> canceled. Don't um, take that out of but, context. Yeah, no, but no, man, this match was great. 
And, you know, the chemistry built up, obviously, with Mustache Mountain, you know, the strength of Tyler Bate throughout this match, you know. The stalling suplexes. Dude, he's just insane. Tyler Bate is passing it passing the guy off to eat from, yes. from eight to seven they did it four times damien dunn's upside down for like is, a minute i don't know how damien fucking reversed it and was able to do shit without falling down Dude, because if i'm my head's upside down for two seconds i'm stumbling right like, how often do you find your head upside down if i'm bored and i just want to sit differently <laughs> <laughs> so let me just take this take this for a ride take it for a spin yeah. see what happens yeah 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 yeah. so i'll just kind of lay on the edge of the bed and throw my head backwards and just lay it backwards and then i'm like oh no never mind oh yeah, there's I'm a up. reason why we're upright yeah sometimes you gotta remember i'm with yeah. you yeah blood you rushes saying? to your head man but apparently i don't know if damien dunn has a lot of blood in his body because apparently not <laughs> enough ran to his head um Bloodless. you know because he he reversed it easily and made a tag and then just stood on the apron like nothing just happened to him. He's been here like, before. Yeah. 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 But no, the, the dude there and the fact that he didn't like lose any kind of balance and he just was straight up in the air the entire time. That was impressive. I'm not going to lie. Like, Very much. You've you've seen it happen before where like they start wobbling and they have to reposition. He stood in the air like, you know, no wobble. Dude, holy shit. Like. Is he going to fall anytime soon? <laughs> nope, reversed. But no, it was great, dude. And then, like, the whole match was fantastic. And then the ending was just kind of like, holy fuck, what just happened? Like, I've never seen it happen like that. The first first time we ever seen something similar was the whole when Cody Rhodes turned on Hardcore Hot. Right. You know, like- Rick Fla- Ric Flair has done this a few times in his career. Um, against Sting and against, uh, I just watched it, against Shawn Michaels in 2003. Yeah. Yeah, but like this was just something completely different because both men just completely turned on each other. And like it was like, you know, Trent turned on Tyler and I was like, what the fuck? And then you had Pete turn on fucking Damien and I was just like, right. This and shit it's like just happened. You're like, it's almost like they were like like a pump fake because you see the tension between the duns and you're like, oh, well, yeah. this is about to explode. You're not even thinking about Mustache Mountain. I mean, they're coming out here. They got the camaraderie. They got the matching T-shirts. Yeah, they're they both even have started mustaches. the match with the whole handshake, you know what Handshake and like, every person in the front row together and then hugging and all that shit. And like, we're also cupped. Th- this is a rematch, by the way, from two chapters ago, which was like arguably match of the night. So I'm I'm sitting here. I'm I'm on my seat, like waiting for just a long, drawn out match. And this match, it's a lot of, you know, the Duns beating up on Tyler Bate. Finally, it makes the hot tag to Trent Seven. Trent gets in the ring, comes face to face with Pete Dunn. And he does one of these first. He does the curl. Yes. And Pete doesn't and even have a mustache, which is just another element of confusion. What are they going to talk about in their free time? Right. Right. Um, <laughs> I. Tyler uh, or Trent Seven turns around, uncorks a right hand onto Tyler Bate, turning on his mustache mountain brother, while also Pete Dunn does the same to Damian Dunn, which forms some sort of alliance between uh, Pete Dunn and Trent Seven. And uh, by the way, Trent, which is a funny little wrinkle, Trent and Pete were the legal men. So they just walk out. So it's a double count out. So it's a draw. And Tyler Bate and Damian Dunn are just in the ring. Like, what the fuck just happened? 
And right. like, I, I, like I said, I did not see this coming. I know they've, you know, they've done this in NXT UK kind of. Yeah. Um, but I, for my, my knowledge, I had no idea that there was any sort of rivalry between the two, uh, Trent and Tyler on the Indies. So I was, I was surprised, it was but it was, it was fun. With, it was weird too, with how they did it in NXT UK, because they had the match and then Trent seven got released like immediately after. Yeah. And like, there was no finish to this. Like, you it know, it was the last match of built- NXT UK. So it was just a right. tough spot. And then it was like he was fired already and they still showed his match anyway. They were like, yeah, he's mm. gone, but we're going to still capitalize. <laughs> like, think, fuck yeah. this. You know, but it was crazy to see that. And then, you know, you mentioned, too, like, what are what are Pete and uh, Trent going to talk about since Trent or Pete doesn't have a mustache? Mm. Well, I think what they talk about backstage is like, hey, one day you're going to be called Butch and everybody's going to riot. Damn. Um, that's really that's really he, great foresight that they were able to yeah, pinpoint that. And yeah. he was like, "What the fuck's a butch?" And he's like, "You'll find out when you get there. Like, <laughs> you know, like you'll find out when you get to SmackDown." And Sheamus just changes your name. <laughs> that's <laughs> old some, butchy. Maybe that's why they're a team is because Pete can go to Tread and have him tell his future for him. So it's it's good to have that guy by your side. No, I like it. Oh, I like yeah. these layers that were 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 unfolding here. I think that's all you can do, dude, is like you can unfold layers. And I think that's where it is. Like he went backstage and he's like, hey, since you don't have a mustache, then you probably can never grow one properly. Right. We're changing your name to Butch. That's actually a really great point. In 2022. That's man. That's that's speaking of unpeeling layers. I'd love to unpeel the layers off of Jack Gallagher and Zach Gibson. Speaking of which. That's our next match. We got these two gentlemen grappling in the squared circle. So I'm, I assume you're familiar with both these guys. Um, oh, yeah. It's 100%. at this point. Like it's just where we're at in the timeline here. So Jack, I think this is after the Cruiserweight Classic, which Jack was a part of. It was right before. Or maybe right before. They had had the qualifying matches already. Um, but yeah, it could have been right before. But basically, yeah. we're towards the tail end of Jack's run on 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 this stage, I guess. But Zach Gibson, man, who, who, doggy, does this boy have some heat? Zach Gibson. I mean, the promo or the attempted promo before this match. Thoughts on that? Dude, Zach Gibson. I'm going to tell you this. I even wrote this shit down. Zach Gibson had Dominic Mysterio heat before Dominic Mysterio heat was cool. Yes. My thoughts. Exactly. All the chance that they had towards Gibson, like my favorite will always be if you hate Gibson stand up, right? You know, but they just were having it with Gibson, but man, so Gibson, Gibson showed up to defiant wrestling. Um, and that's when I, you know, first found him out and like, I was like, dude, this dude's a megastar. Like there's no yeah. chance in hell that this dude's not going to succeed in pro wrestling. And unfortunately what WWE did with him. Yeah, obviously is put him with Joe Gacy and there's no, nothing wrong with Joe Gacy. I'm a big fan of Joe Gacy. Um, you know, but I think the fact of, you know, I like James Drake too. Don't get me wrong. GY GYV. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. But there was something more special about Zach Gibson. And I think it was just because he can pull nuclear heat. And just still perform fantastically. Yeah. You know, and, and this show 100%. And then you have the comedy styles of Jack Gallagher. So it was right. like, you got somebody completely hated on top of somebody with comedy, you're going to get hated even more. Like, yeah, it's, it's just, 
whatever the opposite of clash of styles is like that's what this is like it's a oh, yin and yang kind of deal yeah no it works 100 but they built they built great chemistry and you know be, before the whole gallagher thing that we don't talk about mm. um you know he i loved everything he did because he was just so unique in that ring and the way he can reverse moves and the way he can just move in that ring. Like, yeah. dude, the little stop and go that he can do with the fucking upside down on the turnbuckle right. <laughs> and with his feet. I was like, dude, this dude's fucking brilliant. And like, I, I wish he would have had the fucking umbrella because that's how I know Zach or <laughs> Jack Gallagher um, is the umbrella, the Mary Poppins shit. Because no, he's like the most cartoonishly, he's a, a caricature of a British person. But he takes those like old school like characteristics and then like combines yeah. a modern flair to it. It's it it worked perfectly. I I wish he was. I wish he wasn't a shithead, which is something something that I I always say about all these guys or like a yeah, lot of these people shitheads. is like I wish they weren't shitheads because they were so fucking yep. great. And there's a lot of people on this card that that applies to. But right, no, and I thought the same thing, and I was like, dude, this is nuts because there's so much talent between all these wrestlers that had yeah. shit happen to them. Or, or that they did shit or got into shit or whatever, that it completely ruined their whole career. You know, right. we've seen it throughout the entire card. And Jack was one of them, man. I, I loved watching him inside that ring because of how unique he was in style. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with Zach Gibson is because Zach Gibson is just so fucking good, dude. And if, I can't talk more highly of Zach Gibson with how great he is, because I don't think a lot of people like, they, they, they know of him because of GYV, but they don't know, yeah. like they don't pay attention of his solo career. And I think that's a mistake because his solo career, absolutely incredible. Just dude, just blew nuclear heat out of the water. Like he could be a world champion, you know, in any company in the world easily. Oh, I mean, yeah. he's there, there's that type of, it's just like, I don't know what it is about him. Is it just his face? Is it his, his voice? Because I think everything. It's, it's like that regal thing, right? Where you just kind of look at his face. You're like, Fuck yes, you. <laughs> that's dude. You and it's funny prick. that you mentioned that because I was going to say he gives off William Regal-esque vibes. Yeah, yeah. And obviously I can't say he's the second generation because Charlie Dempsey is the second generation. But Zach Gibson is the closest thing to a William Regal. Right. Than anybody. Yeah, he's like a he's like a blend between William Regal and Nigel McGuinness. Not Nigel is what I always think of when I see Zach Gibson. It's like I can even see like his, that they have the same submission finisher too, which is like obviously is yep. a big influence on him. But yeah, I mean yep. Zach Gibson can't say enough good things about him. But in the match itself, I mean if you know anything about these two guys, I mean both very chain wrestle heavy, very you know classic British wrestling style. Um, but uh, Jack well, is. We can't forget that Jack Gallagher was also shot out of a barrel to Niagara Falls. <laughs> I, I just paused there because I saw the note of how. Yeah, what was it? He was shot out of a barrel down the Niagara Falls, wrestled a bear. Yeah. Finger there was bear so much shit there. And I was just like, I had to put that in my notes just so I could say, you know, Gallagher. <laughs> I think that's why he fucked up so much in life is because he was shot out of a barrel. Oh, See, people you don't know, ask these questions like, why, why did you do what you did? And maybe it's just things beyond his control. Well, you that's what, what you saying? get for wrestling a bear and, you know, getting shot out of a barrel in Niagara Falls because nobody can survive that. Right, right. And Jack Gallagher did. So, you know, people say, oh, well, wrestling can give you concussions and brain damage and all this shit. Well, so can getting shot out of a barrel. It can fuck your entire life up. 
and, and I think that's what happened. Jack, we're here to like, we're here to spread that word, and I'm, I'm glad yeah, you're I here think, to do that. I think that's what it is. Is you know everybody else on the card that fucked up. There's no excuse. Jack Gallagher, he got shot out of a barrel and wrestled the bear. I mean, I mean, justice for Jack Gallagher. Am I right or am I wrong, everybody? Justice for Jack Gallagher. <laughs> I just want the umbrella back. That's that's, <laughs> that's really the source of. Yeah, um, I mean, you can't have a Mary Poppins with you know in pro wrestling anymore. It's really upsetting, and that's who it was. It's Jack right. Gallagher. Also, you know? I forgot to mention this in terms of Gibson's promo because he's doing the whole thing, right? The crowd's booing before he even grabs the mic, and then he even he's even like, oh, "I'm not going to do my promo. I'm not going to do it this time." But the crowd keeps booing him, and then he grabs the mic and they boo even louder. Yep, <laughs> he can't get a word out. Like it's the Don Mysterio thing because he always does the same spiel in the beginning. And but, I think um, the entire time too, he kept saying, he kept trying to say, "I am Liverpool's number one." And yeah. He could not get it out because the crowd just kept it's booing the shit so, out of him. Soon to be progress is number one, Liverpool's number one, soon to be world's number number one, all that stuff. And then he yep. tells his opponent what he's going to do to him. He's going to rip his arm. Oh, I'm going to rip your arm behind your back or whatever he says. Yeah, uh, that was little, Australian. The accent that you just did, you know, that sounded like Zach Gibson. Oh. That was, I think it was spot. Is that Gibson in the room? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. He's right behind you, dude. So is James Drake. You didn't know that? I was there in my closet, actually. Um, they're With all your other Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually ripped this off of him uh, to do this. Probably but, James Drake, because I feel like Zach Gibson would do some shit about it. I think so. Uh, <laughs> but there was a moment here where Gibson's trying to cut his promo and the crowd's all like, shh, like everybody like it's dead quiet. And then he Gibson starts talking again. They just boo like as loud as they had. He goes down on the ground and he's like, fuck. It was so <laughs> funny how the crowd just like maneuvered that to fuck him over. But and Zach wants his mic turned up. I mean, it's so entertaining. But I mean, the match happens. There's some wrestling here as well. Yep. Um, there is some wrestling there, too. You got Gallagher yeah, with a paradise lock. I mean, head the butts on the apron. Yeah, the whole beginning was pretty much Jack Gallagher reversing every nook and cranny he can reverse. Like, yeah, dude was just dude. Oh, man, I wish I could talk very highly of Jack Gallagher. Mm. I wish I could do that, but unfortunately, I don't think that's possible. You I could think. talk about his wrestling in a vacuum. Yeah, so his wrestling was fantastic and just something special. And like I said, right in the beginning, off to that hot start, you know, getting his head locked into the legs, fucking maneuvering out of it doing all the stuff he would do. Um, it was just a really fun back and forth type match, you know, with, with lockups and wrist locks and all that stuff throughout the entire hold or match. It was like a, a match full of holds and it was fantastic. Yeah. I, and I think that's where that slow pace really started from because the beginning match, the first match was a little bit quicker. Obviously they had a little bit more of a, yeah. you know, back and forth. But this one was just like, you know, let's get him in the wrist lock. Let's get him in the headlock. Let's do this, that, and the other. But it was just, I, I think the chemistry between them was incredible. And I would have loved to see them do it again. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I don't think that's possible. Um, yeah. Unless Gibson wants to get into bare knuckle fighting underneath a bridge somewhere, you know, which is, I think, what Gallagher's doing at this point. But yes, because <laughs> I think that's the only thing he can do. I will say, though, I think there was more. I, I agree. Very, you know, wrestling heavy, very uh, counters and holds and all that. There was a lot more striking in this match than I really anticipated. 
I mean, Gibson, he throws out a gnarly lariat at some point. You got them yep. striking on the apron. Jack's running drop kick in the corner. That would go on to be his finish in WWE. Um, Which I thought it was his finish on the Indies, too, for a little bit. But I guess I was mistaken. because I think it is. I think match, sometimes it is. But in this case, it was not. No. But he does have a nice running drop kick. I, I honestly think his corner drop kick is probably the best in pro wrestling. I like Daniel Bryan's, but I feel like it looks a little weak compared to what Jack Gallagher's was. I know I'm going to get shit on for that. Um, But if you watch the difference, Bryan's looks like his legs aren't getting the full extension. Jack Gallagher stretched out the legs. I I like how I did that. I don't know what the fuck that was, but um, (laughs) Jack Gallagher stretched out the legs, man. And it kind of reminded me similar of Chris Saban's hesitation dropkick. That's why I was literally thinking of like, who's my favorite running dropkick? And it's probably his. Chris Saban's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. Dude, I don't think anybody can hit it better. But we're not on Chris Saban, unfortunately. I could talk about Saban for hours. (laughs) Um, But Jack Gallagher's man was up there. It it was such a nice precision on that dropkick. He got heights on it. Graceful. Oh, yeah. Like he floated. It was, dude, beautiful. And what sucked is when, you know, back when he was in WWE with the cruiserweights and stuff, he changed his whole gimmick and came out with like the little vest and the little tie and shit like that. And then like he changed that thing. Eventually got the, was, the goofy Conor McGregor tattoo on the chest. And yeah. It was all downhill from there. Yeah. I feel like when you change the Mary Poppins, it just doesn't work anymore. That's what you always but, say. You're always saying that to me. And I'm like, what the hell yeah, are you talking dude. about? But now it makes sense. Yeah, dude. I, I think, you know, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, that's apparently Zach or uh, Jack Gallagher was trying to get somebody to go down, too. And that's what happened. <laughs> um, well, you live, you learn, you know, you live, you learn. And I think I think with doing your shows, I think eventually I'm going to get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> um Hey, don't tag me, okay? <laughs> hey, we're in a word for a good time, not a long time. Am I right or am I wrong? You know. What oh I'm yeah, no, for sure. And he was trying to do the same thing. You know. All right. <laughs> um, but you know, with well, speaking this of blowing, ending, what's oh, that? Sorry. Nothing. <laughs> Continue. No, she's gonna say with this match. Then we followed it up with another match of somebody who also had those allegations. Well, no. First of all, I don't think there's one match that doesn't have at least one. I think unless the. The opening, I think we're up, we're clean. No, I think Trent. Oh, had yeah, there's a little, but it's that's not all the same level, you know. What I mean, yeah, there's they're like, all different. But I think you are right. I think there was only two matches in this card that I don't think had any allegations whatsoever. <laughs> well, we'll see as we truck along here, I guess. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Should bring up though the finish of this match. Uh, Gibson comes off for a second rope lung blower. But Gallagher catches him by the ankle and locks in an ankle lock with like a reverse grip, which looked kind of funky. That but, was uh, such a cool pretty... finish. The yeah. way he flipped it over too. Yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. I was like, holy shit, that dude, man, he could have been a star. Fuck. Brutal, man. Looked brutal. But uh, yeah, Gallagher gets to win here, which I was kind of surprised. But when you think about where he's at with the Cruiserweight Classic, that momentum. Clearly building this guy up, and Zach Gibson's a guy who's going to have heat no matter how many wins or losses he gets. So it makes sense, but yeah, good match, good match. Anywhere Gibson went, it was, if you hate Gibson, stand up. Yes. Everywhere. Everywhere. Yes. Like, dude, when he showed up in NXT UK, I was so so excited, and then everything mm-hmm. just kind of went 
to shit. I mean, I'm so stoked for him in TNA. I think that's going to be incredible. Yeah. Would hate to see him wasted. But speaking of waste, we got a waste man challenge on our hands next. Body guy Roy Johnson's out here. And if you're not familiar with a waste man challenge, you basically Roy Johnson, he comes out. And he challenges anybody. It's an open challenge, and they get the opportunity to pick whether they want to have a rap battle with him or if they want to wrestle him. And the who who answers this challenge? None other than Jack Sexsmith. Thoughts on Jack Sexsmith, Matt? I actually was a fan. I, I really <laughs> like Jack Sexsmith, dude. He just was so fucking creative, dude. And just his character work was great. I. uh I'm very upset that he didn't get that, you know, rise to stardom like I was hoping, because Mm. when I first saw him, I thought, dude, this dude's going to be great. Just characterization work alone. I think he had something going for him. His ring work, too. Incredible. I think he's very underrated as a performer. And I think this match kind of showed what kind of wrestler he was, um, you know, and what kind of creative mind he has. I mean, the rap that he he spit out. Incredible. (laughs) <laughs> I loved it, man. I thought it was great. Uh, you know, but no, nah, man, I, I, I was excited to see a one-on-one match, but I was excited, you know, to see him in a tag match as well. But I mean, Jack Smith, Sexsmith, I think was one of those guys. Roy Johnson was, this was the first time I've ever seen him. So I was very yeah. impressed with his size and stature. Um, kind of gives me a Wardlow type feel. Okay. Um, okay. You know, with just the look um singlet i think you know if more people knew who he was and i think there's a lot of people that might know who he is there's just too much he's still going at it no everybody he has uh what's his show uh simply colored oh fuck i gotta get it right something colored uh roy johnson i'm not gonna just google it's a tv show no it's it's a wrestling show but it's all people of color um color simply simply patterned i believe it's called hold on let me simply patterned wrestling no, it's a uh, cocksucker. Uh, simply. Oh, that's what it's called. Cocksucker. It's, it's called cocksucker. Everybody just sucks each other. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> every, every everything patterned. Everything patterned. Back to the it's upside down pineapples. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, apparently it's on the WWE network. At least some of them are. Um, but yeah, no, he he does good shit nowadays still. And yeah, at this point, he's still pretty new. I think. Um, mainly a mic guy i mean he does he's a power lifter he does the simple stuff in the ring you know i haven't really seen him go long form with matches but um super charismatic guy obviously his rap i mean he comes he he starts it off with the rap but i i I don't know about you i didn't get any words that he said i didn't Uh, either that's why i was like when you said that he's create or like good character work and stuff like that i was like oh this motherfucker couldn't say words on the mic at all like, well, he's saying words. They're just, we just couldn't understand. Like, I don't know what maybe, dialect this is, but uh, it's not one for the that, American airs. Yes, no, <laughs> apparently not. Uh, I didn't understand a word, man. I was just sat there and I was like, wait, what the fuck did he say? And then Jax X Smith comes out and does his rap. And I was like, that sounds clear. <laughs> like, well, Jack, Jack Sexsmith's music. It sounded like a Disney, like uh, like a Moana instrumental and he's like not rapping he's like like it's like like he's aladdin or some shit like he's jasmine singing and he's both because he's pansexual so he's both at the same time sure i mean he had a couple lines <laughs> i mean sure. 
He uh, he calls Roy Johnson a delicious chocolate bear, which uh, did not go over well. I mean, you know, you like what you like, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but Roy did not like that. He cuts him off. He's like, oh, whoa, bro. Yeah, I don't think he said bro, but you know what I mean? He, he's like, no, yeah, no, no, yeah, we're not yeah. going to do that. Try again. And Jack goes and starts to cut some bars on the South Pacific Power Trio which is a uh, three-person faction of T.K. Cooper, Travis Banks, and Dahlia Black. So they've been feuding with Jack Sexsmith and Pollyanna, who was not on the show, but T.K. Cooper had been costing Pollyanna matches. Like there was one, like Pollyanna and Dahlia Black were having a match. T.K. comes in, punches Pollyanna in the face, knocks her out. <laughs> Dahlia, like just a punch, like just, and we'll see T.K. more of that Cooper's later. great. <laughs> Which is why, you know, Jack Smith, Sexsmith had a line where he's like, he looks like Bruno Mars, but acts like Chris Brown, which which everybody pops for, which is, you know, a fact, I guess. Yeah. Um, also suggesting that Travis Banks fucks Dahlia, which, uh, you know, Dahlia and TK are together. So that would be, you know, Dahlia or apparently Dahlia has a yeast infection as well yeah, is does. what we're learning here. Um, Pretty yeasty. Apparently, there also is no longer a gap between her pussy and an asshole, according to Jack Sexsmith. Just uh, a big quote. asshole. No, it's a big hole. There's no asshole. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. She poops and pees and comes all the same hole. Yeah, because I always come out my ass as well. So um. I come out of my nose, dude. It's weird. Is, is it when you sneeze? Is that what happens? Yeah, it's like hachoo and then it squirts everywhere. I think I read something somewhere where somebody like came every time they sneezed. I think yeah, that's me. a no. That was you. That was just you telling me <laughs> the I entire forgot. time, dude. That's been me. <laughs> I uh, see when I just fake sneezed, I like pre came. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I see. But I when see. you really sneeze, it's like hachoo. Oh, uh, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, I'll keep an ear out for that. I suppose. Um, <laughs> but long story short, uh, the power the South Pacific. Power trio, they come out. They're not happy. Roy Johnson and Jack Sexsmith are in the ring. So Teddy Long comes out. We got a tag match player. And uh, that's where we're at. So we got TK Cooper and Travis Banks versus Jack Sexsmith and Roy Johnson. Uh, I thought this was a pretty solid match. I mean, there is some <laughs> weirdness in the end here, I guess. But uh, I don't know. What do you think of it? I liked it. You know, so with uh, TK Cooper and Travis Banks, I, I like them as a team. I watched them because there was some a picture that I seen online with these two together. And I was like, okay, well, I knew who Travis Banks was because of what culture and stuff like that as well. You know, another name, Jack Sexsmith, I think was there too for a minute too. So I, I knew of who he was as well. Um, Roy Johnson, never heard of. But then I seen a picture of Travis, uh, Travis Banks and TK Cooper. And I was like, I like the look that these two have together. Like just mm -hmm. something just screamed like these two together could be incredible. So I started watching them as a team and uh, I love their work. I thought they were great together. What mm -hmm. they did was fun. Um, unfortunately, I don't think it lasted super, super long. But this match was very well put together because it felt like there was storyline based to it. And it was telling multiple stories at once it felt. Mm -hmm. um, and I felt like they did a great job with it. Um, like I said, the chemistry between, you know, TK and Travis, incredible. Travis, Travis Banks, another guy who 
obviously had his allegations, but I mean, end of the day, dude, Travis Banks was one of the best, I think in England as a wrestler, I think mm-hmm. he could have been something huge in the WWE if all that shit didn't come about. He was he was uh, on his way. I mean, he was getting pushed pretty hard. Yeah. And I think Travis Banks was one of those guys that I think absolutely killed it. TK Cooper is one of those guys I think is, you know, absolutely incredible doing his thing still on the independence. You know, I think yeah. he's one of those guys that I feel like more and more people need to start recognizing because he's got everything, man. He's got the look. He's got the skill. He can talk on the mic. Dude's just creative. I mean, the stuff he put out on YouTube a few years back, I, I haven't mm-hmm. really kept up with it as of re- late, so I don't know if he still does his little stuff on YouTube. But, man, such a creative mind for pro wrestling. Yeah. And I think TK is one of those guys that I think more and more people just need to say, TK Cooper is that guy because he is absolutely incredible. Um, the work that they were doing together in this match, I think they mostly focused on Jack Sexsmith this entire match. You know, yeah, we've yeah. seen Roy Johnson get a little bit of offense in there, and that's where it kind of gave me that Wardlowish vibe. Um, you know, corner to corner clotheslines or body presses or whatever he was doing. Like, dude was impressive in that match. Um, but I think Jack Sexsmith and Travis Banks and uh, TK Cooper stole that match from Roy Johnson because there wasn't much that you seen from him. Um, right. You yeah, know, it was very, see, very WWE esque and how, you know, it's the heels beating on the smaller baby yep. face guy. And that's a lot of what this match is. But then Roy Johnson gets the hot tag at some point. And like, you know, the yep. shoulder blocks and the clotheslines. It's very, very ultimate warrior esque, his offense, but not, but much better. Um, but he's a power lifter. I mean, he's not out there to do her and can or whatever the hell. So, um, yep. and he's there. I mean, the energy's there, you know, him and, Sex Smith, they're kind of reluctant partners at the beginning, but they eventually start doing double team moves together. At some point, Roy Johnson does a gorilla press, like he throws Jack onto the two guys on the outside. So, yep. some good stuff. Um, team well, cohesion there. Interesting yep. with this match, too, is because in the beginning of the match, you know, they're getting ready to do a tag match, but uh, Roy Johnson gets off the apron, walks around the ring, you know, and the entrance way to the ramp wasn't that big at right. all it's obviously smaller and and watching this like you have cooper and banks just automatically right in the beginning just beating up sexsmith and it took roy johnson like two minutes to get there like he walked all the way back to a wwe well, entrance he, way. he he wanted <laughs> he wanted no part of this right it was yeah. this is not his bag he was like ah bruv i'm not you know a, a part of this i want no part of it. i was just here to rap yep. i put on my powerlifting singlet i'm not here to wrestle Right. I put on my wrestling attire. I'm coming to the ring. (laughs) I got my boots and knee pads on. What do you think? I'm just going to go in there and wrestle. Nah, it's rap time, bitches. That's (laughs) what I put on when I rap. I know. I don't know about you. Yeah. No, dude. When I put, I usually just wear a speedo when I rap, you know, I know I watch it. Yeah. I live stream for you. You know, nobody else joins though. It's very upsetting. (laughs) I, I tried, man. I tried. I'm like, Hey, live stream with speedo. Come join me. And they're like, nah, you just see me and in the comments giving you a thumbs up your, emoji. Yeah, I see you with your little Hawaiian shirt, and I'm like, yeah, my yeah. guy gets it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, but yeah, no, I mean, this whole match, I mean, y- y- obviously Roy Johnson and, and Sexsmith had the crowd behind him the entire time. Both are big fan favorites at this time, you could tell easily. Um, what really kind of confused me is like, I don't know how I would feel at a wrestling event if a wrestler was walking past everybody and put his hands on my legs. 
And that's how Jack Sexsmith entered this match as he was going up to each fan, just putting his hands on each person's legs. And I would feel very like, why is this dude touching me? (laughs) My note here is that Jack Sexsmith comes out, sexually abuses all of the fans and then makes out (laughs) with Jim Smallman, which, you know, (laughs) it's uh, sometimes things make sense in hindsight. But um, and then the crowd chants, because remember, William Regal's in the crowd should also throw that out there. And the crowd's like, sign him up Regal's, <laughs> which look, the match happens. Sex Smith. Does he bring out? Yeah. He brings out Mr. Kako, which is a yeah. condom that he puts over his hand to put it in his opponent's mouth. Obviously a play on Mr. Sacco, but uh, can't engage the Kako. Dahlia gets in there, hits him with a low blow. Travis Banks comes in, hits him with a spinning airplane spin slam of some sort, which looked pretty gnarly. Um, and then TK gets the win over Sexsmith, which with just a straight punch to the face, which I guess is a play off of the punches to Pollyanna and all that stuff. So I guess it's a thing. the shit out of him, dude. It sounds <laughs> stupid. St- it sounds like a stupid finish, but it, it looked pretty sick. I don't, I don't know what it was. Maybe it's just I don't the sound, know. That looked like the a better fucking. That looked like a better punch than the fucking big shows. <laughs> <I'm being totally laughs> I honest, mean, man. he's a fifth of the size, but I'm I'm with you. I'm with. you. I mean, just that punch, like you heard that pop, dude. Like, oh man, that hurt my jaw, and I was like, fuck. And then you know, se- uh, TK gets the pin, and then Talia gets in, and they make out on top of Jack Sexsmith's dead carcass. While Travis and- Banks looks alone, and he's like, "That's my girl too." He's in the you darkness. Know? Yeah, he's Sexsmith. <laughs> Jack's still got his condom on his hand. Roy Johnson's in a glowing uh, singlet. He was just rapping. What do you think William Regal thinks of all this? <laughs> I'm not gonna put that on my TV product. <laughs> Boy, I think yeah, because they brought they got Travis Banks. I think he's Roy Johnson had a, a quick stint in NXT UK as well. But did he um, really? Because I don't remember seeing. I think there. it might have just been one match because I was googling him earlier, and then a match with him and Pete Dunn popped up. It's like, oh, I do remember that. Okay. But I, I think it was just a, a quick enhancement match, I believe. Yeah, because I don't remember that either. So usually with enhancement talent, unless I know who they really are, I don't really know who they are. You know, it was very saying? early like, on in, in NXT UK too. So. Oh, absolutely. Um, like, I, I, I could tell you, like, when the Naturals were jobbers for fucking uh, WWE when they wrestled the big right. show. And, you know, <laughs> I, I could tell you a whole bunch of people like when Kerry and Cross was a jobber there, too, for one match when he was teaming with Darren yeah. Young, like Roy Johnson. I didn't know who he was before this. So it was like, eh, I don't know. I guess he didn't make an impression on me then. You know, <laughs> so, I guess not. He's a talented guy, though. Definitely a big shout out to Big Wavy. Roy Johnson needs to work on his mic skills a little more because I, I just just because you don't understand the dialect. You didn't either. So. What is he? I think I looked this up last time. I forget where he's from. It's not it's not Jamaica. I don't think it's it's like what dialect is is this man? I don't know. I felt like he was Jamaican, Samoan, Hawaiian all at the same time. Yeah, it's like some it's a blend of something. I mean, Roy Johnson, call in if you know. Oh, He's an in. There you go. Because you got Jamaican ending with an N. You got He's Hawaiian ending with an N. And yeah, like he's he's that. I'm Caribbean. not going to co-sign that. <laughs> Secretly, well, send me a message later and be like, right. I understood what you said. <laughs> well, speaking of horns, we got El Ligero. We weren't talking about horns. El Ligero. Oh, no. Allegations. 
Match number three with allegations. Great yeah. card, Kyle. But Mark Andrews is here. Mark Andrews is here. We're safe yes. with Mark Andrews. He's he would never steer us wrong. Yes, but. yes, yes, yes. Dude, um, I, oh man. So I, I like this match. I thought it was really gonna be fun, but I'm gonna tell you this right now. Mark Andrews, ever since I seen him in TNA when he was teaming up with uh Mandrews. Rockstar Spud. Yeah, Mandrews. Yeah. I hated that name. It was uh, awful. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mark. I did. Um, but end of the day, I didn't hate him in the ring. I thought he was always incredibly talented since the day I seen him. The Mandrews name just didn't sing. Like, I feel like Mandrews to me was like Gunther to everybody else when it first started. Mm. Um, you know, I think if Mandrews continued, I would have been like, okay, I'm cool with this. But man, he gets that crowd hot. He does. Oh, and he's it's, great. It's, it's his theme music. It's his in-ring style. Dude, Mark Andrews is everything that I wanted to be in a pro wrestler with the pop punk with just the the style, the the flash, the charisma, like everything he does, Mark Andrews is that guy. His band fucks too. Junior, that's his theme yeah. song, by the way. If you weren't familiar, yes, yes. It's, and, uh, and I've listened to them because I'm a big pop punk guy. So I thought, dude, right off the bat when I found out he was in that band, I listened to it, and I'm like, I always give wrestlers in music a chance, mm-hmm. and I'm not a big fan of a lot of it be totally honest like there's a couple friends of mine who are rappers as well as wrestlers and i'm not a big rap rap guy but i actually fuck with their shit um you know you had um chris jericho and fozzy which i'm not a fan of um i don't mind fozzy you said i I like fozzy i saw them live uh, a couple months ago yeah, and I feel like it's a fun not great show. Live. I mean, it's a fun show, but I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna sit here and say Chris Jericho is a good singer because he's he's not. But God damn it, does he get the crowd going? Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Well, I think it's the entertainment aspect. 100%. Oh yeah, and like it's just like okay, like if he ever came back to WWE, I hope he doesn't, especially with all the Kylie Ray shit. I love Kylie, so I don't want to, you know, hmm. whatever. Um, you know, I don't know what's true. I just hear shit <laughs> online and I'm not going to say her and say, fuck Jericho. But yeah, yeah. if he ever comes back to WWE, please don't use Judas as his theme song. <laughs> you don't like Judas? I Dude, I just don't like the raspiness of his singing. I don't mind Judas. I hate how they forced it to be a crowd interaction thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was fun at first. And now it's just like, I feel like now yeah. people are forced to do it. When it was organic. Like, and it was yeah. like, but I don't know. And I feel like the only reason it was organic is because the 2020 crowd, when uh, it was the pandemic and they had the wrestlers, Austin Gunn and everybody doing their shit. Like, oh, that I think was the really, worst. When you have other wrestlers singing your theme song, suck me. Yeah. Off, and I feel like dude. that's where it really got started, where the fans started getting into it. But this isn't about any of them. Mark Andrews was one of the <laughs> only wrestlers into music or music yes. into wrestlers, whatever, that. I really sat here and I'm like, dude, I fuck with your shit 100% because yeah. he's incredible, man. His instrumental skills are fucking incredible. Like, dude, I, I like started listening to his band, like kind of ironically, because like you, it was like, oh, it's a wrestler in a band. How good can it yeah. be? But like, I've actually I've turned them on to people like they're, they're pretty good. I mean, they're like, I don't know. What would you say? Like Blink 182, whatever yep. that genre yep. is. 100%. And they're really fucking good, dude. Really good. I. Dude, if I could afford the fee to get Mark Andrews on my show, like he he reached back out to me and unfortunately I can't afford that fee. But if I could 100 yeah, yeah. percent, he is one of those guys that I would 
do it for no problem. He's a solid because yeah. Mark is like, like I said, everything I've ever wanted into a wrestler. Like his his stun dog millionaire move that he hit in this match, the the mm. reverse suplex into the stunner. Like it, it's so smooth, and I've seen other wrestlers do it too. But that is fucking fantastic. His shooting star is incredible as well. Like just everything that this dude does in this ring, incredible. Mm-hmm. We did see a part where he got his fucking nuts smashed in this match, though. That <laughs> typically happens in a uh, Legero match, which for some context, Legero is a part of the origin, which is a four person faction. It's Legero, Dave Mastiff, Zach Gibson, Nathan Cruz. Great faction, great heel faction. They, they're just I mean, they didn't have like a team faction in this show, but they just have an aura about them that's like, oh, fuck you. Like, I guess maybe it's Zach Gibson's presence or whatever. Like, is the, it's just a funny, like, shitty heel. Just his mask and the stupid, shitty little horns. Like, it all works great. And the little bald spot in the middle of the fucking mask. Yeah, it's it's something. But because we talked a lot about Mark Andrews. Legero. So Legero. So he makes Jim Smallman, the ring announcer, owner, whatever. He makes him announce that Legero had wrestled more times in the past year than any other wrestler in the world, which can be true. I know that's kind of his thing. But my question is, is that a good thing? Because, like, would that not just, like, spread you thin over time if you're just wrestling several times a day or whatever? And, like, how much effort could you put into each individual match? Because I'm going to be honest, this match really did nothing for me. I mean, it was fine, but I, and I never really got engaged in this match for whatever reason like even though mark andrews is great whatever legero is, is a good wrestler as well um this is probably the bottom match on the show for me like i said it wasn't bad but yeah. i don't know do you think more is not better in this case for legero maybe no so i would have rather seen like a faster pace because i know both of their styles um yeah. you know it, and, and you talk about that the group the origin and I'm familiar with who they were too. Um, there, there was another group Legero was in, um, in what culture called the prestige that was ran by Joe Hendry. Um, right. you know, it was, it was a great faction too. And it kind of gave the same, same presence. So you kind of get both senses of Legero here. Cause I'm familiar with it at this time. The only thing is, is like the, the mask just pisses me off. <laughs> Why is that? I, it's just the, like you said, it's the stupid little horns. And then mm-hmm. he's got like this little like circle cut out on the top of his head. And it's like little pieces like of whatever here. Like uh, it's like, dude, either shave your head completely bald. Like, I don't know what you're trying to do. Like, I don't know what's worse. Pete Dunn's haircut in this show or mm-hmm. Legero's mask. Like the rest of his attire. Cool as fuck. Like I like his, you know, tights like his tights are sick, but that little mask just doesn't do shit for me. You know, I will say the cool part of the match for, for me um, was when, you know, obviously Mark, Mark Andrews, anything he does cool as fuck. Um, but I think the the part that stuck out for me here, and it was like one of the only parts um, because like I, like you, I do agree that, you know, sadly that wasn't my favorite match of the night. Um, but yeah, I mean, shit man with with the whole let me put your nuts into the fucking ring post and then do a, a double, double stomp, stomp after on that. the outside Oof, that was so yeah, like, fun and that that has to be a hard bump to take it, it really yeah. does because 
if your feet get caught under the ropes, your head smacks that man. Well, that's how that's how Bret Hart got his concussion from Goldberg was the, the figure four deal. Yeah. Bashing his head on the concrete. Yeah, because the, they're on like a what a basketball floor here, I think. Yeah, so that could easily happen. Yeah. And it's it's scary. And, you know, when you do something like that and, you know, your feet, if you don't get those underneath really quick, you're smacking your head hard as fuck. There's mm-hmm. no question. And but, you know, the way they did it, the way Mark Andrews sold it, it was fantastic. I love that part. Um, Sorry, Mark, if you listen to this, I don't mean to love that you got hurt. (laughs) Um, But that was that was just it for me, man. I mean, that match just really didn't do shit for me at all, which sucks. But I mean, which is a cool thing is because you go from the worst match of the night to probably the best match of the night. Right. It was definitely a switch. That was because, yeah, it was this match where like a thought popped into my head was like, are they catering to William Regal, who's in the crowd? So because like it really upset me back to end that match because we didn't talk about the ending there. What really upset me is we've seen that Mark went for the shooting star press and ended up reversing into a schoolboy roll up like small package, just a roll up like a small package. And it was just kind of like I wanted to see a shooting star ending, not a small package ending. I mean, not. When you have a cruiserweight match, you want to see that finish. Right. And, and it just didn't feel right for me. You know, it felt very abrupt, the finish, because you see that shooting star get countered and you're like, oh, we're about to go into a new stage of this match. But then they yeah. just got up and he rolled him up again, <laughs> got the yeah. win. So it's like, why not win with the shooting star? It's kind of nitpicky, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Um, Bummer. Yeah, it was it, it was what it was. But like you said, we go from that. We transition into, I would say, the match of the night, and it is a number one contendership match for the progress title. We got Mark Haskins versus Will Ospreay. Don't know if you've heard of him. He's uh, so at this point, Will, who he's is, been traveling who, the world. Who's Will Ospreay, buff, bruv? Uh, he's one half of the Swords of Essex. Uh, I think that's about it. I think that's all he's done. Oh, wasn't he Blair Davenport's former bitch? Oh, his bitch. How dare you? Um, Speaking of Blair, who is very prominent in Japan, Will has uh, just come back from a tour in Japan. He was in the Battle of the Super Juniors. So this is a point in his career where he's really starting to take off, really starting to uh, wrestle more in Japan. So Will hasn't been there for a couple chapters, I don't believe. Uh, so he gets in there, huge ovation. He gets the streamers, which is kind of a new thing for progress. So, um, and Mark Haskins is a, you know, he's a homegrown boy. Like he's the top baby face probably in the company. So you have two really loved guys here going off against each other. Two of the best in the world at this point. And um, I mean, it was just what, at least what I expected. A great match. A lot of, because they've had matches before. They had a match against each other not too long ago when Will was the, the world champion here, um, which is another awesome match. But they kind of play off of that. There's a lot of counters in this match. A lot of, you know, because Mark has that, uh, you know, MMA style and Will has all the crazy kicks as well. So they're doing a lot of like karate movie <laughs> type reversals. Yep. And uh, Mark Haskins has all of Will's aerial offense countered. He's getting out of the way of all of his moonsaults and springboards. Um, but ultimately, a lot of this match is Will. The, the, like the first, like I would say like the first like 60, 70% of this match was a lot slower than I thought this would be. Because um, Mark Haskins has the uh, the shoulder tape. I know Will has the shoulder tape, but I think they both have injured shoulders. I don't know. 
Um, but I Will's kind of Will yeah, and, and Mark Haskins is coming off of a shoulder injury too. So, but Will is slowly breaking down Mark Haskins in this match. So definitely a, a more methodical style of this match than I thought it would be. But the ending stretch was just wild as shit. So um, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Thoughts on this match overall? Oh, so like I said, a match of the night, probably one of my easily top 10 favorite matches of all time now. Really? Like, and, and here's the thing. Like, so I don't know how long ago this was. I have to look this up because it's going to bother me. Um, so I've known who Mark Haskins has been for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, and there was one one moment when I first knew who Mark Haskins or Mark Haskins was, was when he ended up going to TNA about 12 years ago, 13 years ago. Sorry. And he was doing, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they did this like um, X Division gauntlet or chase or some shit like that. And Mark Haskins was there or whatever. Yeah. And. It was back when, like, you know, Black G's was there and they had him named Rashad Cameron. And, you know, like, it, it was a cool time. And that's where I think, like, you know, um, really what stuck out for me, him, was just the way he moved in that ring. His yeah. attire at the time, not so much. Like, he would have, like, purple trunks with this red big-ass star on the side of him. And he would be named, like, the star attraction. I, yeah. I wasn't a fan of the attire. Like I wasn't a fan of that look. He used to be I like he was like store brand Adam Cole, basically. Yeah, he used to be. <clears throat> and like the thing with and I, that that sucks because I, I in all honesty, I love Adam Cole. Mark Haskins better. In the ring, I would absolutely agree. And yeah. yeah, so so with Mark Haskins, like watching his character growth, watching his attire growth, watching everything he's done, like I expected nothing less. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, 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 like you said, counter after counter, but they wouldn't just counter it just because right. Like it told another story. Like mm-hmm. there was that one spot where he went to do like the tuck in package, super kick to the corner. Yeah. And uh, the way that Haskins reversed it into a holding arm bar over the fucking ropes. Like I was like, right. shit. And this might just be me high right now because I'm <laughs> blasted now. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> with that being said, dude, this match just like blew my fucking mind. Like I was like, you know, the way the counters were, the way they're technical based, like, you know, you, this was not typical Will Ospreay. Mm-hmm. You know, he beautiful something, uh, Tope Atomico that he does. Beautiful. I yeah. like, oh, dude. But, so but with Will Ospreay, I believe we we are because I'm I'm kind of in the dark about what happens in progress after this. But I know eventually he turns heel. Yeah. And obviously, you know, in Japan, he turns heel and all that stuff. So I think we're transitioning into a different era for him as being kind of a cocky type yeah. of guy. Like he knows how good he is. We're, we're not there yet, but there's little nuances here, like like his slow, methodical style. Even commentary is making it like, oh, he's not really respecting Haskins, some of his offense, but eventually kind of, you know, turns another gear. But oh yeah. So to that point, yeah, it's definitely very um <clears throat> like I said, it was a different pace than I expected. And a lot of that is because of their previous their previous match was way more of a sprint, I would say probably. I forget what exact chapter it is. 
I want to say it was like 29, 28, but they, if go watch that match, if you love this match, I think their previous match was probably a little bit better maybe, um, or at least close. So these two have great, these two have great chemistry. Any Mark Haskins match in this era is going to be amazing. Cause I mean, I say it every time I cover progress, he's the guy that I've become like most a fan of because, you know, I, I came into progress only knowing NXT UK. So I did not know Mark Haskins, but I mean, there, there's a reason why he's so beloved at this point. He's so well, fun to watch. There, so, so a couple things here, because I'm a big fan of attires too, right? So like yeah, looks yeah. are everything to me is too, you know, and, and here's the thing. Mark Haskins, you know, just the way he carried himself. A lot of people can't pull off the plain black trunks. He pulls it off well. Mm-hmm. Just the build he has physique, like everything he's doing in that ring just pulls it off. Um, and I think he's incredible in there. And I think, like you said, at this time, I think Mark Haskins has to be one of the best in the UK at that time, but also very underlooked and under mm-hmm. like appreciated or under recognized. Like he just wasn't getting the eyes on him that should have been on him. I think he also had a lot of bad luck with injuries. I think that was probably the main thing. Um, I know even at this point, I know he's had a few injuries and stuff. But I know later down the road, I think he has like neck injuries and stuff like that. That really derails him. But I mean, he's still going at it. So hopefully he gets his chance to shine. But no, oh, I, I yeah. would agree. Definitely a guy that more people should know of for sure. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. So, yeah. So with that being said, what really happened um, with that, too? So the same thing with Will Ospreay, right? So Will Ospreay, I, I, I liked his work in the ring. I did. I'm not going to say he's one of my favorite wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's. It, not to be an asshole or anything like I just know what I'm looking for in a pro wrestler. Yeah. And he's just too flashy for me, I guess. Um, But <clears throat> with his, you know, match this match right here, I think if he wrestled this style every single time, he'd probably right. be in my top 10 because he moved fantastically in this match, just being more of a technical base too. Um, You know, you still seen some of his highlights, but I'm going to tell you right now, the way Will Ospreay is now, um, look-wise, main eventer. Back then, mid-card. <laughs> well, I was going to say, because like, I think his style here is kind of similar to his style now, which is, because now, I mean, he's, he's bulked up. He yeah. has less high, not not no high-flying, but less high-flying, yeah. more, like more strikes, more submissions and things like that. So yeah, I would say this is a kind of a fun little foreshadowing into what he would be well, later down the road. With- Will Ospreay too, like I've only seen like clips and stuff people post because unfortunately I don't get New Japan World, but mm-hmm. I'm going to start trying to watch it more and more this year. Um, so I really didn't get a chance to watch his style. So I'm hoping with AEW here and him oh, getting yeah. that shot, I can actually see like I've seen Kenny Omega and, you know, I didn't get to watch his Japan stuff, but unfortunately I'm not a big fan of his American work. And my one of my friends is a big Kenny Omega guy. And he's like, dude, if you're not a fan of this, that's not Kenny. Kenny's Japan. Like, watch his shit. And yeah. it's the same thing with Osprey. So I think with if he comes, you know, to the States now, does his thing, I'm going to be a bigger fan of his. But this match really sold me on what he is capable of doing. So if you're saying the same thing like you just said, is like his character growth, his or mm. match today or that match that we just watched is the same style as he is now. I'm probably be easily top 10. Yeah, because uh, yeah, Will Osprey, Mark- Will Osprey kind of gets grouped in with like the young bucks and that like yep. online like, oh, they don't sell. All they do is flips yeah. and like Will yeah. Osprey definitely was that at 
maybe 10, 15 years ago. But nowadays, I mean, Will's Will's got it together, man. I mean, Will's. Oh, yeah. You you will be if you're not sold on Will Ospreay come February or whenever he comes to AEW full time, you're gonna be sold on him. He's he's incredible. Oh yeah, and it, it, but here here's the thing: what really got me here is it shows with UK based fans they know who Mark Haskins really is. You mm-hmm. know he got bigger chance than Osprey did during this match the entire time. Yeah. Um, you know, and there was that one part of respect too where um, you know, the fans were chanting after the match you know, Regal sign them up, Regal sign them up, whatever, you know, Osprey off automatically right off the bat was like, no, don't worry about me. Sign him. Like Mark Haskins should have been that guy that really broke out. And I think the pandemic really lowered his momentum. Yeah, um, for sure. Because I think he would have been one of those top guys right now. If he would have continued, if that pandemic never happened. Yeah, for sure. I mean, no, I agree. As far as him getting a reaction over Osprey, and I'll tell you this: the previous chapter, he wrestled Johnny Gargano, which is another incredible match, by the way. Um, but that was Johnny Gargano, like he's in NXT DIY is a thing. He's a big babyface in, in WWE. Mark Haskins still got a better reaction. Like he, Johnny yeah. had to turn heel within the match just because people love Mark Haskins so much. Oh, so yeah. that's it's something special when you see a guy get over purely off of wrestling because he doesn't cut a lot of promos. He doesn't like, I have this like in-depth backstory or anything. He's just a guy that's really fun to watch wrestle. And I think that's like, and what I think progress that's is maybe where he didn't get signed too. And I, I don't mean to cut you off, but that's probably where okay, I feel yeah. like he didn't get signed because of that factor of not cutting promos. Right. And that's he can cut record. promos though when, when he needs to. I mean, he cut one at the end of this match. That I mean, if oh yeah, good. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Mark Haskins, I think, is that guy that needs to say the word "fuck" though. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he just he just says, "Dude," he just gives me that vibe where he's like, "I need to say fuck." You know, I I need to. It's just gonna happen. All right. He's fuck. like Jay White. Like Jay White and AW yeah. doesn't feel like it hits like New Japan because New Japan his whole thing was I'm a guy that says "fuck" a lot, and now he yep. can't, and it kind of feels I don't know. Yep. And um, I feel like that's where he, you know, it, but man, Mark Haskins is incredible, dude. He really is. And, and I think this match, I mean, really showed, I mean, a lot of people I don't think can make that arm breaker look good. Yeah. The, and, uh, the bridging arm bar that Champo used to use. Is, he does uh, it so, so good, man. Dude, he has a great arm bar. He has a great, the best stretch muffler I've ever seen, which I don't know if he, did he put that on in this match? He did. Yes, he did. Because he does it with like the, Boston Crab like yep. stance as well. Yep. And he has a great sharpshooter where he rolls into it from a standing position. He used to have a really good shooting star press. I don't know if he really does that that much anymore, but oh, his shooting yeah. star used to be really good. He I know he hits a tombstone pile driver. Yeah, I mean, he does. I mean, the 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 way he does like the fake out suicide dive where he does like a reverse six one nine comes yep. back in the ring and then does it and through the other side. Yep. He's just so, I mean, bouncing off the ropes to do drop kicks, all the martial arts kicks and so submissions, and it's just so fun to watch. And he gets the win here by countering the Oz cutter right into that bridging arm bar for the tap out. So he makes Will Osprey tap out, which is a huge win, and also becomes the number one contender for the Progress World Championship, which he says that he will cash in at Brexton, I believe it's called, which is um their O2 show. Um, I believe I believe it's the O2. Um, but it's it's their big show that they're building up to um in a few months here. So he's gonna, I guess, be in the main event challenging for the world title 
And um, because previously he's, he had one world title shots in the past and then was like really hasty and just, I'm going to do it at the next show. And then he always loses. So now he's going to take his time. He's going to prepare for it. So we got the main event sets for, uh, I believe it's chapter 36. So um, yeah, good match, good ending. And uh, just a really fiery promo from him afterwards. And will gives him his props. What more can you ask for? Really? Yeah, no, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic. Like, everything about that match was incredible. Um, but like I said, I mean, Mark Haskins, I definitely think, like, at that moment would have been signed. But I feel like mm-hmm. NXT UK really didn't break out yet. Um, yeah. We didn't really it's see just, the start of that yet. And I think the pandemic really set it off. Because had I think, just terrible luck with injuries and timing and the pandemic. Because think about the stuff. shit that Mark Haskins could have done in NXT. Think about the shit he could have done on the main roster. I mean, he could be going at it with so many cool people like Mm -hmm. Bronson Reed or, you know, Ivar, you know, or or any of these guys. Like he could just make any impressive match be Mm -hmm. more impressive. That's that's a funny like your first two guys that you think of are Bronson Reed and Ivar, which I mean, I, I, I agree. I agree. But speaking speaking of Ivar. We that's got why him. I, maybe that's, maybe that's why because <laughs> Bronson funny. Reed was Bronson Reed, Reed was there. Like I knew where I was going with that one, and then I was like, <laughs> Ivar, perfect segue. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of Thick Boy as well, but um, that's funny because we were talking about these those last two guys and how they've positively evolved over time. And here's some two guys who I think have gone in the opposite direction. I don't know, maybe we can talk about it. But we got War Machine. The team of Hanson and Rowe, which people may know them now as the Viking Raiders, Eric and Ivar, they are challenging for the progress tag team titles against the champions, the London Riots. So well, let's just talk about War Machine for a second. What are your thoughts on their current presentation in WWE? Um, current, current? I mean, I, I, outside of the injury to... Uh, Raymond R- R- Ivar or Eric, whatever the fuck you want to call them, the bald one. Outside of that, their current presentation as a tag team. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so I'm a big fan of what their current presentation actually is. So, like um, the Vikings, like very cartoon Viking presentation. Yeah, and that's okay because I mean, even though it's cartoonish, they're still looking like monsters. I mean, yeah, now, sure. now, currently, what they were doing before the injury. Yeah, I think they were on a push to be something big. Um, unfortunately, injury happens. Ivar kind of got a push. People started recognizing Ivar more now, too. Um, yeah. You know, you see it on social media. So I feel like their presentation when Eric gets back, I feel is going to be great. Um, I hope so, man. So you know, you, you, you have so much potential there because what they did in, you know, the Indies beforehand, incredible. Um, I wasn't familiar with the London riots until I watched this. Um, well, but man, you don't need, you don't need to be, I guess, you know, after nowadays you don't need to be. Yeah. So, well, that's fair. Um, so what I was thinking during this match is I think Ivar and Eric got their like little Viking shield, uh, inspiration from the London riots, little yin and yang, uh, kind of, shield well, like did you it's like did, did it did it translate to you that those are the tag team titles oh is it those are the championships like if you <laughs> if, if, if if war machine were to win this match they would then have the shield 
That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it that's catches really... everybody off guard when I have them on for the first time. <laughs> that's their titles? Yes. The world title used to be a big staff with an eagle on it. That's but so thankfully cool. they got a belt. I know eventually <laughs> they get belts for the tag team titles, but goddamn, so they cool, do not. Dude. No, it's not. Don't. It's not cool. <laughs> I didn't fucking know that. I thought they were just being stupid because they were rioting with shields. <laughs> nope. it's I thought just, that was a part of their stick. It's just happenstance that I guess it plays into their gimmick. But no, those are that's, the prestigious tag team title belts or that is hilarious, trophies, dude. I guess. I don't know. Can you tell that I'm high right now? No, I mean, that makes sense that you wouldn't understand <laughs> that. So I'm with dude, you. I mean, shit, like that is funny as hell, though. Because well, that's what we're I fighting thought, for. That's what they're fighting for. I dude, I didn't know. I thought it was just two fucking teams fighting each other. Like, brother, I can't. If I had a nickel for every time like a team would win these things and then try to like put them together, like Dragon Ball Z, like, oh, we're gonna put them together, and then it's like backwards or it's not right, dude, and I have to like figure it out. <laughs> that's so funny because <laughs> the, the, I'm sitting here thinking like, yo, these motherfuckers also have those little necklaces that they're like best friends mm, you know like yeah. that's what these were they're shields but they're fucking you know like, nope, that's 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 the prize that's the wow. prize that we're fighting for that's impressive um, the match itself though i enjoy this match you have four four beefy boys slapping meat never gonna hear me complain about that um again more kind of a similar formula as previous tag matches on this show where it's war machine. They beat up on James Davis for a bit. Rob Lynch makes the hot tag and then everything breaks down. You see a lot of like the staples in uh war machine here. You got like Hanson doing suicide dives. You got uh, the, like the Hanson sent on in the corner. Raymond Rose flipping knee that he does. Uh, you got James Davis jumping off uh, like the lower balcony onto everybody. So there's some fun moments. It's kind of chaos towards the end, but um, again, a weird finish. James Davis ends up winning with a roll up out of nowhere on I row. I think it was. Yeah. Um, but the one, heights too. Yeah. So I, I guess maybe that's some character evolution we might see down the road, but yeah, London riots get the win through scrupulous means, but uh, it was always oh, a fun little uh, little uh, meat slapper kind of thing here. What really gets me here, though, right? So I'm watching this match and after the finish, when he pulls the tights and everything, they're all four standing in the ring. And for whatever reason, Hanson and Roe both put their hands out to shake their hand like, why are you shaking their hand? They just cheated to win. <laughs> yeah, I also question that, which makes me believe that maybe he the tights thing didn't matter. <laughs> like it's not going to factor into the future, but I don't know. Rose like Rose, like you guys can take this. We're going to WWE. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's them trying to save face, but I don't know who cares. Cause but. how long have Hanson and Roe been in WWE now? They've been in with WWE for yeah. quite some time. Well, what's interesting here is that this is like only a year they've been teaming together, which I, for whatever reason, I assume they have been teaming together for forever. Apparently yeah. they, they, I, I didn't know this. Maybe you did. Apparently Hanson and Roe, Eric and Ivar, Apparently they came together because they were both in a breakout tournament in Ring of Honor, which I think was called Top Prospects or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do remember that. And they met in the finals and apparently they just had Hanson a healthy respect. Won. And then no, Roe won, I think, right? I don't know. I don't know either. That's going to bother me, too. 
I know Hanson would go on to have a singles push because Roe got in a motorcycle accident, but I don't know who, yes. who won the tournament or whatever. But apparently that's how they came together is facing each other and then becoming a team, which is crazy to think that they started out as individual guys, which everybody does, of course. But um, oh, yeah, fun little nugget there. I think his I think when he was going through the tournament for ROH, his name was Warbeard Hansen. That's and then fun. they just switched it to Hansen. Warbeard? Yeah. Well, it makes sense because Hanson does in this match, he takes his beard and chokes out one of the riots with it, which is a fun little. I don't know if he does that now, but he should bring that back if he doesn't. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking here and then they started teaming in 2014. I did not know that's when they started teaming, but they've been with WWE since 2018. Okay. Um, but man, it's so crazy because like to, to know now, like how old, like hansen is and to see how fucking you know he moves in that ring like mm. it's nuts i no, mean they, i mean this match they felt similar like the similar physicality that they have now so they've maintained that which is impressive i mean it's it's crazy to think like so i just looked both of them really quick they're both 39 years old and i did not know they were both really? almost 40 but then again so it's a lot of other wrestlers and this is like the time right now that wrestlers from 40 to 50 are killing it yeah i mean if you look at all the top guys in the industry most of them are like 35 to 45 i would think yeah and it's like dude at 50 i'm gonna be fucking broken like you're fucking <laughs> wrestling like yeah that's uh, my, my hips are sore every morning for no reason and these guys are killing themselves every day <laughs> just for our going out entertainment there. like it's incredible man it really is. But um, any other thoughts on that match before we get to the main event? I mean, it was it was just fun, man. I mean, it was a hard hitting match. Like I said, you know, it was it was a good tag team match. I think the first tag team match was better. Um, OK, you know, yeah. Trent, the, you know, Mustache Mountain versus the Duns. I felt like that was a little bit better. Um, That's fair. Close. They were close. But I I just think something with how Tyler Bate moves was just better i don't know god damn it when when are they gonna do something with tyler Bate? like he's like goddamn 40 years old at this point well i think what they're doing right now is i think they're doing a switch where ridge holland's going back to nxt and i think tyler Bate's gonna go to smackdown and that's where pete dunn's gonna return from being butch and mm. they're gonna have a mustache mountain type ride and smackdown as a tag team man i guess he's forgiven him from uh what was it seven years earlier when he turned on him and Damien, I'm sure that's, you know, in the back of his mind at all times. Tyler, yeah. Bate, you know, well, I feel like Tyler Bate is going to, you know, go back and be like, hey, uh, Pete, let me tell you something. Do you think he and just twirls his mustache whenever he talks to people? Yeah. Yeah. And he's going to be like, mm. so remember back in the day when Trent had no other advice for you because you didn't have a stash and told you you were going to be butch. Right. You're going to be butch again. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like I just picture that being the conversation like. Just twirling the fucking mustache the entire time. Just, and then that's how he powers Dunn, himself. Pete Dunn's like, can you quit fucking twirling your mustache? Like, right. Some shit like, and then yeah, Pete twirls know, his top knot and it's a whole thing. That's a whole yeah. thing. Break Those guys. Fingers. <laughs> well, speaking of finger breaking, we got the patriarch of that. We got Marty Skrull challenging for the Progress World title against the new champion. Pastor William Ever or 
Bill Aver. I don't know Beaver if you caught that Aver. one. Exactly. Beaver cleavage. But uh, Pastor William Evers here. And for context of the last chapter, so Pastor William Ever, he's a relative newcomer. He just won uh, Progress's version of the breakout tournament, which they call the Natural Progression Series. And when you win that tournament, you get a title shot whenever you want. So it's like a money in the bank type of deal. Pastor William Ever cashed in at the last chapter after Marty and Tommy End had a match. Tommy End lays out Marty in the middle of the ring. Pastor comes in, cashes in his title shot, clothesline from heaven, becomes a new champion. I mean, he's he's been trained in-house. Progress has their training school, the Projo. I mean, he is just homegrown as homegrown gets. He's still very green, but the crowd loves him. They love Jesus, I guess. And uh, he's now the world champion, which is wild. Taking on Marty Skrull. Um, so he's getting his rematch here so they can have a proper match, I guess, uh, to see who's truly better because of the dubious means that Pastor won at the last chapter. And they kind of play off of that because, you know, both guys come out. Marty comes out last. And then before the bell rings, before the ring introductions, umbrella shot to the ribs of Pastor. So you get your umbrella that you've been waiting for. Um, yes. <laughs> but beats him up. Pearl Harbor job before the match hits his apron super kick that he always does a suplex on the floor from Skrull. And uh, so now he's kind of turned the tables because now Pastor is not ready to defend his title, whereas Marty is the more fresher of the two. So I like that bit of storytelling to it. Um, Bell finally rings. Marty hits a power bomb for, with a deep stack for a two count. So we've set the scene here and the match goes on. And I was actually pleasantly surprised by this match because you know pastor like i said pastor is pretty green to the industry and haven't really seen him in this spotlight yet but i thought he held his own against marty Skrull. marty's great of course um i don't know what you think of this main event it was pretty solid i mean i i give this one the second best match of the night yeah and i would agree so with that being said you know you could tell past pastor evers is uh a little little greener but I mean, the way Marty car- carried the match too and helped him elevate himself, I think really brought out the stardom of what Pastor Evers has been on the UK scene. Yeah. Um, you know, when it came down to, I, I knew who Pastor Evers was before this match too. Um, I was familiar with him. Uh, Marty Skrull, um, you know, obviously we all know party, Marty, party too much. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, party is way out of professional wrestling. Whoop, whoop. Unfortunately, whoop, whoop. that's where that woot woot chance came from. Was it? Yeah. Whoop, whoop. Oh, I thought you meant from his uh, partying too much out of wrestling. Both. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think so. That would be, uh, um, yeah. But yeah, so. Where was I saying? Oh, yeah. So party, Marty, party, Marty, um, Marty, Gennetti. Yes. Both party right. Marty's. Marty and Marty. Both party too much. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to get a shirt that has Marty's girl and Marty Janetti and it just <laughs> says Marty Marty or Party Marty. Let's get a tag team going. It's not too late. It's not too late. Uh, yeah. I think it's a little too late for Janetti for sure. Uh, you know. <laughs> but, whatever. Um, 
But yeah, so, you know, perfect match. I love the beginning of it, like you said. I mean, it, it kind of gave that whole, like, Pastor Pastor Evers is, you know, too good. He has to get blindsided, you know. It mm-hmm. kind of gave that vibe. Um, throughout the match, you know, technic- you have Mark, Marty Skrull doing his technical shit, you know, breaking the fucking fingers. Um, man, I miss his chicken wing. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you that much. I do. But what really kind of irritated me with this match was the ending. Like, well, there's two parts, right? So I'm watching in the earlier part of the match and Pastor Evers does this run like he's about to do like a suicidal dive or suicide dive. Mm-hmm. But instead, he drops to his knees and power slides to the ropes. <laughs> well, he's Jesus, so he has to do his. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, stench. I'm thinking like, yeah, dude, like pastors and being on your knees is never a good combo. Oh, okay. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, it's not. Um, but at this point, right. So I'm watching it and then he does like this little vaulting body press over the top rope. And I was like, okay, so like you lost all momentum by doing your little power slide. And now that just looked ugly. Well, he's uh, Jesus, Matt. He can lift himself up. He floats. He walks oh, on water and then did the that makes more. That makes more yeah, sense. He's got yes. to think so, about it. I need, I need to get Pastor Evers on my show so I could, because you know my, you've seen the pictures of my wall, former guests on my show, right? Yeah, yeah. So I should have like right above my bed, a cross, <laughs> and then a picture of Pastor Evers. Next have a to have it. a Bible with a little eight yes. by ten right behind it, or like yes. inside it, maybe. Yes, give me give me Pastor Evers on my show. I will get it all together and just have like a little sanctionary area for Pastor. Right. Light some candles. It's the whole right. thing. Pray praise him. Praise have him. the have the hallelujah playing in the background. Exactly. It's going to be like people it. open my bedroom door and it's just like a fucking mausoleum. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> bring, bring a gal back. See what, yeah. she, what she says. She's going to be like, oh, no, thanks. Or maybe she's a big Pastor William Ever fan and then you're in. Oh, so. you know what? That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Sometimes thought. you got to roll those dice. Pastor Evers. We need you on my show. <laughs> I I would love to listen because he's I mean look he's like I, he's very new at this point, not in a position to just carry the world title for a long time. But it was yeah. a fun moment for him. Match itself, like I said, I enjoyed. We got some counters. We got the clothesline from heaven countered with a European uppercut, which is a nice clothesline too. Yeah, it's it's from heaven. Let me tell you. Yeah. Um, chicken wing. Marty goes for a bunch of times at one point. Pastor counters it into like a victory roll for a really close two count. Uh, they spend a lot of this match like brawling on the outside, getting thrown into all the chairs, ringside. So you got that street fight kind of feel at some points, but ultimately it's you know, the girls breaking out all the classic stuff, the finger break, the the just kidding super kick to the knee. You got a bunch of roll ups by Pastor. So it's very clear that like Pastor is fighting from underneath because he's trying to get these cheeky wins out of nowhere. But ultimately. Um, Pastor, he hits, he hits a just kidding clothesline from heaven. So he like goes for a clothesline, says just kidding, and then hits it. Um, which is a fun little you know tit for tat thing. Uh, hits his cross power bomb, rolls him up, clothesline from heaven. But Marty gets knocked to the outside of the ring, and then we hear over the sound system, Mister William Ever, and then out comes 
Sebastian, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with Sebastian at all. No, I wasn't. So my my familiar out my familiarity. That's not a word. Familiarity. Yes, that I'm familiar with Sebastian purely because uh, previous to this, he was kind of in like a comedic tag team with uh, Tom. I forget what his last name is. His name's Tom. Uh, they were called the geezers. And like I said, they were all a lighthearted tag team. They were, I believe both of them were pro Joe guys. So they were still newer to the scene as well. Haven't seen Sebastian in a while. I don't know if he's been on some of like the in, but cause they do these in between shows called Endeavor, which is kind of like their NXT of sorts. So I don't know if he's had character evolution on those shows that I've missed out on. But apparently he's a dickhead now. Comes out in like uh, what was like slacks and a button yeah. up and a vest and very proper. And he comes out with a mic. He says, "William Ever, I know what you did, and I'm gonna tell the entire world what you did." And this distracts Jesus to the point where Marty's girl can lock in the chicken wing. And Pastor William Efer taps out. So Marty is now a two-time progress champion. Um, I can't say I didn't see Marty winning. Like, that made sense to me. I didn't think it'd be this fashion. I, I guess maybe Sebastian, maybe they got plans to elevate him, and this is a way they're doing it. It felt very random to me. Again, yeah. I don't know if I've just missed something, but came out of nowhere. I don't know what happens up with this, but... Uh, Marty's champion again, which all's well that, well, I guess it didn't end well for him, but uh, yeah. Thoughts on that? Thoughts on that ending? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to tell you what, like, I'm, I'm I'm cool with a cool, like, or a good ending where, like, somebody costs somebody the match. This was not one of them. Because right. there was no physical interaction. It was just him coming out, talking on the fucking microphone. Right. And then well, I, I can see him him being distracted makes sense, though, because it's like, why is he out here? What does he know? Like if Pastor did do something, which I'm not sure what this is, but what, what it's referring to. But maybe well, Pastor is really bothered week, by it. I think the following week is where Sebastian, the guy that I just found out about when I watched the show, mm -hmm. um, came out dressed as an altar boy and then explained oh. the whole story. <laughs> you know, with things that progress has done. You might be joking, but I'm not sure that's not what happens. So, <laughs> I mean, it's possible. It's actually, I've convinced myself that that is absolutely what's going to, because he has altar boy vibes. Sebastian yeah. does. Yeah. The little haircut and everything. Yeah. No, 100%. Wow. I, that makes sense. I actually made a joke about this and I wrote this down. Oh, no. I said, uh, I said, uh, what was it? I said Evers coming out here sliding on the knees was probably not the first time um, that he probably did that since, you know, priests and altar boys on their knees are together. You know? I don't know. Some stupid shit like that. I said it wrong while I was trying to say it right <laughs> now and I couldn't, I you're couldn't fix it. You're lucky I don't have my soundboard ready. Otherwise I would have given you a crickets. But... <laughs> yeah, that's that's what a cricket sounds like, I guess. Yeah. Terrible Maybe joke. In Indiana. That was, I think that was, I think that was probably better or worse than my uh, Diesel Kevin Nash joke oh, that I made last time. Well, I still smell the stench of that one. Um, I think we all do. 
<laughs> I think we all do. I think that's why these shows are fun is because there's always that breakout moment. But then there's always that. Did he just say that stupid ass shit? Yeah, so you go up and then you're down. And it's yeah, it's a very entertaining process. And that's why I like coming out these shows is because yeah. you never know what you can get. You just know you get a Hawaiian shirt from both of us. It's like a shitty box of chocolate, I guess. It's like chocolate with mint in it. You know what I mean? That's what the show is. It's like, oh, this might be delicious. Oh, wait, it's absolute dog shit. You know or chocolate with raspberry in it. I don't like that either. I've never heard of that. I don't know if I support that. That sounds better than mint or They're nuts. Chocolate with, chocolate with cherry in it. Like, I don't like, I mean, those, chocolate. Like, I like chocolate covered strawberries. Yeah, those are cool. But like, I'm saying like you get those like box of candies and they have like that chocolate with the like red mm. shit in the middle of it and you bite into it and you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's not good. Not no. good. I'd rather take dark chocolate. I'd rather take chocolate with mint. Over Looks that. like a period shit when you bite into it. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> God, that's gross. But speaking of that, we're going to put a period on this show because that was the end of chapter 33. Gross. Any other overall thoughts on the show in general or any other nuggets you want to throw at me until I come? <laughs> okay. Um, so, so. So, I mean, for my first progress experience, I mean, I've known, you know, wrestlers that have actually been in progress. I know of progress, but for my first all, you know, progress show that I've ever watched in full without seeing clips, it was a fantastic way to start. Um, you know, the only, only, you know, match that kind of fell a little short, but wasn't even that bad still was the Mark Andrews, the El Ligero match. Um, you know, it didn't give you that full cruiserweight-ish vibe, which is fine. I guess they wanted to tone down the pace because at that time, I don't think WWE really was doing a lot with the cruiserweights. Maybe they were. I don't, I don't know. Well, well, the cruiserweight classic was just coming back. So they were still in the beginning stages. Yeah. So I I don't think WWE was really doing the cruiserweight-ish vibe until that show. So with Mm. William Regal being there, maybe that's why. I don't know. Um, but all in all, fantastic card. Mark Andrews versus Will or Mark Haskins, back to back marks. Um, Mark Mark Haskins and uh, Will Osprey put on match of the night. There was no question. It, yeah, from start to finish, that match was in, absolutely incredible. Um, you know, shout out to Damian Dunn for being able to stay in the air as long as he did. Mm-hmm. Sorry yeah. about Mark Andrews balls. Sorry about your balls, Mark. Hopefully they've recovered. Um, um, I'm sorry about Sebastian being an altar boy the next show. I'll keep you abreast of the situation. Maybe that does end up what's happening, but I'll let you know. Hey, maybe I know more progress than you do, you, you know, more <laughs> than you think, you know, you've already, um, you've already been more knowledgeable about these guys. And I'll say this to me, man, this show was probably one of their weaker shows, but it was still good. But yeah. I would definitely recommend, you know, watching some of the preceding shows because, I mean, progress, especially in this era, man. I mean, there is such a lo- bunch of good shit. I mean, lots oh, of yeah. Haskins, lots, lots of Osprey, the Jimmy Havoc storyline from the previous year or two. Like, there's before a lot of good his, stuff in progress for his shit. I mean, it's a never ending conveyor belt of uh progress shitheads. and shit. No, we yeah. don't say that. Here. <laughs> <laughs> progress well, speaking, is cool. speaking of shit. 
you're a piece of shit. I don't know. Uh, appreciate <laughs> you, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> for taking the time to check out the show, coming on, talking about it. Where could everybody find you in a pro wrestling podcast with Matt and friends? So you guys can find me at a pro wrestling podcast with Matt and friends. Um, just the abbreviation of that 2020. Right. Uh, it's very, very easy. Yeah, very easy, just like uh, my mom, apparently. There you go. Well, that's very unlikely um, to say about your mother. <laughs> hey, you know what? All my friends tell me they fuck my mom on a regular I mean, it's true, school. but like, you know, right. you, don't, you don't have to say it. Well, I'm just trying to say if anybody else wants to meet my mom, you know, I got you. Are you um, offering your mom up to everybody listening? Yeah, she's cool with it. I mean, she's told me. She's like, whatever. Sweet. I mean, hit, him up, hit her up, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, dude, hit my mom up. Um, she's cool. Um, but no, for real, like, you know, you guys can find me at a pro wrestling podcast with Matt and friends. I've got two shows coming up um, soon here. Um, whenever the show gets posted, you guys can see them. This, so this will be, be out with, uh, next week. So the 10th. OK, so you guys could start my show a couple days before this one. It's going to be with Uptown Andy Brown. You've seen him on the Indies. And then we have, uh, in a couple weeks coming up, we have Rhett Titus coming on as well. Um, Hell so yeah. Make sure you guys check those out. Give me a follow. And if you guys see this on my show, give the apron bump a follow. Oh, please. Kyle, Kyle's the fucking best, man. No, but Kyle, it's been, a, it's been a... <laughs> Sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, my, my, my inner it, thoughts just came out. <laughs> it's been fun, man. I, I always have a blast doing these. Always always have me you know i'm always able to come on man i i enjoy doing this it gets me to watch more shit than i probably have ever seen again throwbacks yeah. are always fun let me know when you do bad blood 2003 uh i have bad news you did it already that was like my most recent episode <laughs> damn it well we can do period blood 2003 maybe that's okay. That works. <laughs> Let me know when you do Taboo Tuesday, the first one. What? Which one? Is that 2004? I don't know. It's when Shelton Benjamins beats Jericho for the title. I think that's 2004. So that'll be uh, so I'm like a year matches. away. I'm about a year away in the timeline. So that'll be roughly 12 years until I get to that. So, but I'll, I'll keep you. Uh, I'll shoot. I'll shoot you a message. Yeah, I'm sure we'll do a show before then. But yeah, yeah, no. And, yeah. We're probably both canceled by then. So anyway, so. Oh, yeah. Next show. Done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, man, Kyle, it was fun having or it was fun having you. Fuck, fuck fun. you. Whose show do you think you're on, bitch? This is a pro wrestling podcast with <laughs> Matt and friends. I've been I'm doing. your host, Matt Kazakowski. <laughs> this is Kyle from the Ape and <laughs> Just going to take this and post it on your own feed like you piece of shit. You. Yes. siphoning all my audio <laughs> go check my new show my dog's trying to hunt my leg right now don't do that shit oh, man that's I can't think of a better way to end the show honestly than your dog coming on your leg that I mean come I am on. so high right now <laughs> right. We're, we're gonna hit the end record once again, thank you to Matt for joining me on this lovely lovely episode always always a hoot having Matt on the pod. Go check out his podcast, the Pro Wrestling Podcast with Matt and Friends. All of this info in the description below. Go check it out on YouTube. Check him out on X and Instagram and Omegle and Grinder and all that stuff. Do that. Follow me if you want. I don't blame you if you don't want to. Uh, I suck.
But yeah, that's about all we got today. Appreciate you guys sticking around. Appreciate you guys tuning in. I love you all. I want to give you if I could hop through this camera or through your phone or through your MP3 player and just give you a, a good hug on the face. I would love to do that. But uh, until then, all I can do is. Well, shut up. Anyways. Um, <laughs> goodbye, I guess. I don't know. Still haven't figured out how to end episodes, if you can't tell. Take it easy. Hallelujah. Hail Satan. I'm hard. Yeah. It's a heartache. Talk around and disregard it. Ship you off the ground, show you what heart is. Send you strong and proud of it. And I Let's get started. It's a heartache. Talk around and disregard it. Ship you off the ground, show you what heart is.